Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Live from the Vegas Strip, welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi. Today, you'll meet the star of Piano Man, the first new show on the Strip since the pandemic, and it's a great show, featuring the music of Billy Joel and Elton John. The star's name is Kyle Martin, and he'll tell us how this show was created and what you can expect to see at the show. A little later, you'll hear from Christine Horonic, who's both a chemist and a champion fitness competitor, and we're going to discuss a couple of topics One, should we keep or get rid of daylight savings time? And secondly, what is the right way for you to get in shape? Our team of experts are here as usual. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, talks about what will happen once the volcano in front of the Mirage is gone. And Mr. Big is here with the Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter. Finally, Tiger Todd, the Hero School creator, talks about stopping trouble before it starts. Our nutritionist, Melissa Anderson, is off today, but she'll be back again next week. One thing we're really happy to see in Las Vegas are new acts. You know, after two years of the pandemic, it's been kind of a desert out there, so to speak. And we're seeing some new acts come up. The first really new act, I think, is a great one. Kyle Martin's Piano Man. And you don't want to miss this where he does a great tribute to Billy Joel and Elton John. And those two are kind of together. Kyle, welcome. Where'd you get the idea of putting those two together? I know they perform a lot uh, together. Yeah, they, they do. Uh, yeah, but thank you so much for having me on your show, and and uh, what an honor to be you know, one of the first acts back here after the after the pandemic. And uh, you know, the thing about um, uh, Elton and Billy, it just came so so naturally. Uh, you know, I think it, you know when when you start off in piano, everybody always asks you, you know, do you play any Billy Joel? Do you play any Elton John? And and uh, and, and putting those two acts together, it just it, it feels like a real great natural fit. Being able to perform both of those. Um, you know, obviously I don't do it at the same time, but, uh, <laughs> um, that would be, that would be a magic trick. That's my magic. Yeah, show. that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, doing, being, being able to kind of show off a little bit of uh, Billy, a little bit of Elton. And then, uh, we have a little bit of a surprise at the end of the show too, where uh, people kind of get a chance to see, uh, see me as Kyle versus, uh, the Billy and Elton persona. So. Well, that's great because I think it's really important. People don't realize with these tribute acts, it takes a lot of ability and you just can't do what they do and then not be a great talent yourself. So it must be kind of fun for you to kind of get out there and do a little on your own, you know, in addition to uh, paying tribute to these two great artists. 
Absolutely. And, you know, all the all the honor and the credit goes to uh, these two brilliant performers and their whole teams and and, uh, you know, doing. Uh, I, so I did uh, moving out uh, the I was the piano man on that show for about uh, two years. And um, uh, Billy, you know, so technically Billy's your boss for, you know, until, <laughs> you know as a, <laughs> yeah. you know, performing the, the, the role that he, he helped create. And um, what a fantastic opportunity to kind of learn, um, you know, the, just that that whole life you kind of have to take on that whole persona and um you know so it's just a big dream come true uh doing this and now doing the las vegas uh nothing better as a performer's dream for sure what well, has to be exciting too because i think the two of them were real pioneers in the world of rock everybody associates rock with guitars of course you know that's been right. from the beginning these guys brought the piano in and it's perfect for las vegas because you're playing rock and roll yet it's a place that uh liberace was so famous for before so right. there is kind of a piano love in there as well absolutely there, there's there's tons of piano and uh some some fun little uh some fun little things i think everybody will enjoy and you know it's all live so uh you, who knows uh, things things could go wrong really quickly so <laughs> well yeah but but, uh, but you feed off of audiences right i mean you know going back to that like you said piano man you like playing in front of a live crowd i love playing in front of live crowds um you know i, I played in front of thousands of people and you know uh, so one of the biggest ones I mean, you know, ten, when you play in front of ten, tens of thousands of people, of people with the piano, and uh, I, I had one experience, um, you know, where where my my arm actually went numb uh, during during one of the big uh, big big uh, big numbers. I had this pinched nerve in my in my shoulder, and uh, you know, and, and and playing in front of the audience. You feed off that energy, and they keep you going the whole time. And you know, everybody's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Keep going, keep going." <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but it's 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 just so much fun because that's why you do it. You do it for the audience and the and the love that they give back, and then the love that you give, and it's just this great great uh, symbiotic relationship. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps, and we're speaking to Kyle Martin, whose Piano Man show is the first show opening on the Las Vegas Strip post pandemic. I think your story is fascinating because, you know, you mentioned you were the piano man. That's great. But tell people, you had to beat out over 30,000 men for the job. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, there, there, you know, so, so it was, uh, it, it was quite the experience. And, um, you know, I got the phone call to come try out, out in New York City. And, you know, uh, you know, 30,000 guys, that's, that's, that's a huge feat. But, uh, you know, then again, when I got that phone call, I had no idea, you know, exactly if this was like, the Broadway version of moving out or if this was like, you know, the, the dinner theater version or the moving out on ice or, or something. I had, I had no idea. And so I think that took the pressure off big time. So here I end up uh, showing up in New York and, uh, and auditioning in this, this wonderful studio. And, uh, and the, the, uh, the people came in and they're, you know, the guy that won the Tony for the orchestration and, you know, the, the, the casting company and all that. And they're just sitting there and they're just smiling as the songs are going on. And then all of a sudden the video camera comes out and says, oh, yeah, we're going to videotape this for Twyla Tharp. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and it was it was quite the experience because at that moment I, I saw somebody else walk in that I, I I recognized from the from the the moving out show uh, from from before and I'm like oh my gosh this is the real real deal <laughs> and uh, so he takes me out and he, he, this is one of the guys his name's Matthew Friedman he became one of my best friends he's still today today one of my best friends and uh, so we went out to sushi he goes hey bro you can't tell you this but. Uh, but uh, you got the role. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
So super exciting, yeah. But it was it was a great experience. And wasn't Billy Joel one of the people that, that helped choose uh, you? My understanding is is that is a yes, but uh, you're going to have to confirm that with the whole moving out <laughs> team. So, yeah, I mean, he has a say in everything, obviously. But uh, I did get a chance to meet him uh, back in 2008, and so he 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 knew everybody that was in the show. And uh, you know, he actually came up to me and he said, you know, he he said, I hear, you know, there's great things happening with the show. Um, you guys are doing a great job. To keep it up. And uh, that that was that was wild too, because getting an opportunity to meet the man. And meeting him while he's practicing for the closure of the Shea Stadium. That was history. Yeah. That was history right there. So, you know, I'm walking in and, and here's all the guys going, hey, Kyle, what's up? You know, and there's like <laughs> Chuck Berge, Andy Sishon, uh, Tommy Burns, and Crystal Telefiero. Uh, and uh, just, I mean, all these wonderful, wonderful people in his band and and uh, and then Billy himself. And that was uh, just, just, just history, watching history right there, yeah. Back with more in just a moment from Kyle Martin, who is the lead singer for the award-winning Joel, has delighted audiences all over the United States, including at Disney parks, opening for the San Francisco Giants, George Thorogood, and his packed theaters and arenas as well. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. Place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. If you love great sound, you'll love Oont Speakers. Introducing their new sports action line, created especially for water sports. Meet Troy, one of the idea guys. When you combine the tech along with these killer new designs, having it by the pool at home or by the hotel, can't go wrong. Be seen, be heard. Go to theoonts.com. That's T-H-E-O-O-N-T-Z dot com. Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive for cocaine in his 70s that he only used coke for sex? Yes. Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at LouisTheCoinBook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at LouisTheCoinBook.com. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-979-4317. 800-979-4317. That's 800-979-4317. You hear Mr. Big every week on this show. Now Mr. Big invites you to visit him online and save some money. All his books are now on Kindle, and he's got a variety of books, fiction and nonfiction, including The Life and Times of Frank Balisteri, books on casino games, and much more. You can buy the Kindle and save even more money. Go to MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com.
let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Kyle Martin, whose Piano Man show is the first show opening on the Las Vegas Strip post-pandemic. Albums were so great because each album had its own feel. Is that something you try to bring? Because I, I got to figure that's got to be tough to go in there because it isn't just one style. You've got to get, and, and right. both of them have their <laughs> their own styles. They do, they do, and we and we try to um, uh, be as authentic as possible with you know with the sounds, with the inflections, with um, uh, you know, and, and and you know, it's not a hundred percent exactly like them, but. You know, definitely enough to where we give the the, the tribute to uh, to the particular artist. Because I mean, you you can't be exactly uh, exactly the artist because they're they're one of a kind. Yeah, and, and both of them really developed as artists. I mean, I think of early Billy Joel, really kind of a storyteller, and some of that stuff that a lot of people aren't even familiar with is great. And then they get that uh, that that string of hits, and the same thing. Right. Elton John started out with. Uh, he was more in the rock category, and then he got more in, in pop as it went on, yet uh, consistent enough where people that are fans kind of go with the mood. I mean, do you find that, that people like want to hear a variety of things from each of them? Um, you know, I will, I will be honest. I mean, you know, I, I saw a video, um, a live performance of Paul McCartney. And uh, I've also seen you know, Billy and Elton in, in, live as well. And, you know, everybody loves the old hits. Right. Everybody loves. I mean, there's they're so like Piano Man has to be done at every single show. Uh, you know, uh, Crocodile Rock. You know, uh, it has to be done. Don't don't let the sun go down on me. It has to be done. And uh, and then you know, Paul McCartney would make a moment of some of his new material because a lot of people, you know, when you play the new material, people don't connect with it as much as they do the old stuff. But to watch. Somebody like, you know, Billy hasn't come out with anything uh, new for a while, but but Elton keeps coming out with some great new new materials. And it's this latest album uh, that, that he came out with, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it on repeat. It's brilliant. Absolutely love it. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it, you have to make a moment out of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, in order for people to really connect with it. And I think that's watching them throughout the years just progress and uh, take their audiences with them. That's art in and of itself. How do you do that as an artist where you don't just become niche and only for a time period, but how to make your music lasting throughout the decades? It's really true, and I think of maybe one of the best live acts was just in Vegas a while ago, the Rolling Stones. And I know that, you know they've been doing this forever, but part of it is yeah, I remember that them saying you give the people what they want, and they know right. that yeah, you know you you know I remember Van Morrison used to say how much he hated singing those old songs, but you know your fan, <laughs> your fan base wants to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, be careful what you make your first number one hit because you'll be doing that for the rest of your life. So, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, you play like in the show. It's great. It's 17. And I think kind of the beauty of it, too, is having two stars like that. It, it, I like that mix. It's, it's kind of fun because you know it's going to be stuff you like. And yet you get, yep. you get a little variety that way as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, um, you know, the, the, and we put, obviously there's a Vegas spin on the show as well. Blair Farrington, uh, who's, uh, he's been a Broadway director and of course Baz, everybody knows him for Baz. Um, and, um, you know, he, he's helped direct this show. 
And the things that he's put together with, you know, the choreography and the blocking and the timing and everything within the show, just absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And, the, you know, the team that, that's put together lighting and sound and all that, um, you know, is it, is phenomenal. Um, you know, so, so you know, you get that whole kind of Vegas, uh, Vegas approach to it. The dancers are, are barn on some of the, some of the top dancers in, in all of Las Vegas and the musicians as well. So, you know, when we're putting on this show for everyone, we, we bring, uh, we bring the best of Las Vegas to everyone. Finally, is there uh, a couple of songs? I, you know, they, they have so many different songs, fast stuff, slow stuff, whatever, that really brings the place uh, alive. You know, I, I'm thinking like with Elton John, maybe something like either Crocodile Rock or Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, something like that. Uh, are, yeah. are there a couple for each of those artists? Oh, we do. Yeah, we, we have. Uh, I, I love the moments in, in the show. Like, uh, the you know, there we have the New York State of Mind moments um, for Billy. And then, you know, we have the Saturday the Saturday night uh, is all right for fighting. I mean, everybody's out of their seat dancing and, and, and just it's 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 great. Um, and then we have a great moment that goes it starts from a very slow moment. And then it builds into a, a really big, rousing ending uh, to the song and uh, to, to, the, to the end of the show. And uh, the song. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll share with you. You guys have to see this new rendition of "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," mm. and it, it, it's it's one of the best ones that's out there. Um, so you know you guys are going to be in for a big moment right there. Yeah, that's one of my favorite moments. Well, you don't want to miss this. It's a great show. It's uh, the Piano Man. It's at uh, the Mosaic on the Strip, which also we want to talk about. A lot of people may not, may not know it's a great theater for these type of things too. You can really enjoy yep. that, right? I mean, it's got to be a fun place to play. I'm thinking. What what uh, uh, Dean Coleman and Sophia Song have done with that um, uh, done with that theater uh, is it's the it's the best venue in town. Uh, but it's also it's tucked away nicely where it's uh, it's it's the last standalone theater on the strip. And uh, I think everybody used to know it. It used to be the Empire Ballroom a long time mm-hmm. ago. And uh, so now uh, we have state of the art lighting. We have state of the art sound. Um, you know, Excess Entertainment is coming in. They they've really really you know spiced up the. Uh, uh, that spice up everything to where you, you get the full experience of lighting, sound, uh, you know, special effects, uh, maybe a little bit of pyro, uh, who knows, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it, you will be blown out of your seat with the, what's going on with that show. Kyle Martin's Piano Man, you don't want to miss it, it's Mosaic on the Strip. You can get tickets, this is real easy, at mosaiconthestrip.com. Can't be much easier. And Kyle, if they want to see what you're doing, uh, do you have a website as well? I do, yes, pianomanlv.com. We will check that out. We will go see your show. Thanks so much, Kyle. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Time now to take another look back to the days of vintage Vegas and the underworld with Mr. Big. It is time for the Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter. Mr. Big today is going to talk about one of our presidents. Yes, it seems back in the day, 1960. It's 1960 in Vegas. And here we have Pierre Lawford talking to Sammy Davis Jr. They're talking about the election and all the things going on, and people getting really, really excited about JFK. This is an event at a Vegas casino for JFK. In a room that Peter talks to Sammy about, says, come in with me. I'll let me show you a briefcase of $1 million worth of cash. The casino owners are now chipped into the president. JFK was the president yet. But JFK, so he could win. A million dollars cash. 
never claimed any tax form I was familiar with or any campaign documentation about how much the casinos wanted him to win. Might be because Joe, Joe Kennedy was making promises that people, such as the outfit, say how nice of a president his son would be to the mob. Hmm, imagine that, a million dollars. What does that buy you anymore? Thank you, Mr. Big. And remember, check out everything about Mr. Big at his site, MilwaukeeMob.com. He's got books on crime, gambling, and some really great merchandise you're going to want to have. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm Peter Pavone, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Time now to change topics from entertainment to the relationship between time and health. Well, if you're a regular in Las Vegas, you know in casinos, there's no clocks. You have no idea what time it is, but you do. But you do because we're affected by daylight savings time the same way everybody across the country is. And we're going to talk about it with somebody who knows and has thought a lot about this. Her name is Christine Heronic. She's a three-time champion fitness competitor and author of the new book, Unlock the Macro Type. We'll talk a little about that later. But, Christine, great to have you here. So, it looks like the Senate unanimously passed a bill that'll make the daylight savings time permanent this actually makes a bigger difference in people's lives than just being an annoyance twice a year right it absolutely does and thank you so much for having me today it's a pleasure to be here um you know daylight savings time with it shifting back and forth it does have impacts on the body and one of the first things is that it will help keep your circadian rhythms in balance if we do away with it. And, you know, when we revolve around light as humans and our circadian rhythms control our body's appetite, our mood, our immune system, our sleep cycle, our blood pressure, our internal temperature, and so much more. And, you know, shifting times, like changing when you're eating, all that good stuff, I mean, it is a disaster for your circadian rhythms, and even an hour difference can have a profound negative impact. Well, I understand even, like, when it comes to sleep and so forth, people have problems sometimes if they're working, like, a uh, late-night shift, and then they switch the next day. So I guess this is just another case. The body really likes a, a regular flow, right? doesn't like to be upset. Absolutely. The body loves routine when it comes to this. And, you know, especially people who are shift workers or people who are kind of out of balance with that natural daylight schedule can really find themselves out of whack and struggling with their health as a result. Talk about health, and you're absolutely right. I was shocked to read in a press release you guys put out that this actually uh, can raise your chance by doing this, raise your chance of a heart attack. Therefore, this would actually lower that by uh, something very simple that uh, would not only be uh, just convenient, but it actually does have that effect. How does that work? So reducing and just doing away with daylight savings time, it does lower your risk of heart attack. And a study presented by the American College of Cardiology found that a 25 increase in heart attacks were prevalent on the Monday after daylight saving times began. And in addition, another study found that the risk of stroke is 8% higher on the two subsequent days following the time change. And, you know, this data is something that we shouldn't ignore. 
No, and in fact, have we known this for a long time? Because you know, I've my entire life I've heard people be annoyed by this, and nobody seems to until now anyway seems to be taking this seriously. But if you're talking like that, and those percentages are are out there, and we know it, why are we risking it? I mean, I, I it wasn't this whole thing, uh, Christine, really set up because of farming. Exactly. Yeah, we were we were a rural uh, country at that point. Yeah, when we were, you know, based more around like an agrarian society, I mean, that was definitely something that was more prominent. But with the Industrial Revolution, especially the way that, you know, commerce is handled today, it's not as vital a factor as it once was about a century ago. Back with more in a moment from Christine Heronik, who founded Gage Girl Training in 2013. In addition, Christine is the owner and founder of Gage Life Nutrition, an all-natural dietary supplement brand established in 2019. Tiger Todd is back again this week talking about how to stop homelessness before it becomes an issue. You know, the whole concept of Hero School, can that also help the guy or gal that's on the edge, that they're not homeless yet? Well, well, certainly. If it's a if it's a teenager or a coworker, right, or even even a boss who you know we know this from, um, you know, from our own history and of course uh, you know scientific research and the data says that if you have too much income too soon, right? I might say you know if you you know in the old days they called it wealth without works, um, but a lot of it came from work. But in this scale, ten x, you know, uh, serious multiplication of income. You might even have an employer. You might even have some CEO that has all of a sudden ended up with way too much money for his internal capacity um, limits controls in order to manage that. And what does that do? Um, I remember coaching a, a, a doctor what was like 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, he came with this, these glassy eyes. Why his wife, his new wife, uh, just had a new baby. And, and he says, uh, she says, please help my uh, help my husband. I said, well, what's the story? He says, he's right as Harley. And every Friday night he goes out and gambles. Well, he, you know, he then confesses a, a, a Friday night Coke habit. And so you're, you have more money than you know what to do with, and you have an identity that has not grown beyond the prior limit. Wow. Right? So, so yeah. you, you see that, right? You see that. So, so how do you, how do you help that person? Well, first off, if I, if, 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 you know, your listeners want the quickest, fastest thing you can do is find a way to get that person who is either on the edge of being out of control or out of control to do one simple thing that they can completely control. So I remember I felt like after my hour with him, you know, I hadn't even gotten through a bit. He was just like somebody else, you know, eyes still dark and glassy. And then he go, you know, gets outside, gets on his Harley. And I say, stop, just one more thing. And here's where, here's probably my best tip. I said, Hey, um, my road out here is uh, 25 miles per hour. And it goes, you know, go about three quarters of a mile before you take a right hand turn. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just if you do just one thing for me, would you go exactly the speed limit? And then the 200, 200 feet before the intersection, would you put on your blinker? And we change lanes to go home, would you make sure you turn on your blinker? And then when you turn, make that left turn lane, would you turn from the far left lane into the far left lane for me? And he looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> 45 minutes left later, he called me. And I would just say it's a different man. And he was laughing. And he says, he says I, I'm free. 
He says, I thought you were just an idiot for telling me this. In fact, you know, he gave me some grunt when I told him. And, uh, but just allowing him to get some control over, over something, right? Because these, these powers that take over homeless people, addicts, um, people that, um, was it Victor Frankl, right? A man's search for meaning and man's search for ultimate meaning. He talked about the existential vacuum, the, the, the vacuum, the void of identity. When all of our, and it, it particularly applies to people who are high status, right? So if you, if all you're weak, all you have are patients and colleagues and nurses identifying you as the doctor for those 80 hours you're working, and then all of a sudden you have some time off, you're going to have a vacuum of knowing who you are. And as, and as Nietzsche wrote in Superman, right, you, how do you fill that void? Well, the man of late cultures and broken lights fills it with sedatives. Could be television, could be cocaine, could be gambling, could be some other thing because it's some artificial filler. And so I think the best thing you can do is to try to steer that person towards something they can do. Take, let's just go to the gym, the workout with me, and just go slowly through the exercises, right? If you leave them to themselves, you're trying to get it done in five minutes so they can get on to something else. <laughs> but if you go slowly with just every rep counts, everything perfectly done at the end of 45 minutes or an hour, uh, that person will have gained a big level of control over um, their, we'll call it soulish and spiritual selves. More with Tiger Todd of Hero School again next week. In the meantime, you can learn all about Hero School, and you should. They're igniting rapid and lasting change with the homeless, houseless, and hopeless at the speed of movies. All you have to do is visit their website, heroschool.us. That's heroschool.us. For great classic sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rockin' Tours. Later today on Sports Rockin' Tours, it's April, and that means baseball. One of the great dynasty teams from the 20th century was the Charlie Finley Oakland A's. You'll hear the story of those teams from a member of the Finley family, Nancy, who was Charlie's niece. She was an eyewitness to it all, and she shares her experiences with us. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. We've been talking to Christine Hronick, who has received awards from the American Chemical Society and was published in the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. Christine was part of the team that created Time Magazine's Invention of the Year for her work in the biotech field. A lot of people say, you know, it's calories in, calories out, and that's all there is to it. Then you talk to people on the carb side, and they go, no, it's just this, you count that. I'm glad to hear you say that because I know there are there are some people that can sit there and eat all day and they don't seem to gain weight. And other people eat just like a one little step over where they should and boom, the weight comes on. So you're saying the really way we all do it differently. The key, I guess, and your book can help with that, is finding out what that is for you. Is it an involved thing or is it, is it a trial and error thing? How do, how do you figure that out? A lot of it comes from being in tune with your body and being aware of how you feel as a result of different situations. A perfect example would be, you know, after you consume starchy carbs, how long is it until you feel hungry again? Is it the type of thing where you eat a carb and all of a sudden like this hunger signal awakes in you and it never goes away? Are you fine after two to four hours or are you the type of person who just literally forgets to eat. And those signals actually mean something. So I take people down like a journey of where I ask these types of pointed questions that, you know, you don't necessarily need blood work in front of you to answer these questions. It's just going to be a matter of listening to your body and seeing which one actually describes you. Boy, I love that. Now, what do you tell somebody, you mentioned 30s, 40s, but when you get to the 60s and beyond, People have had a long life, and most of us, people that have struggled with this, have really failed over and over and over. So is it possible for people uh, that are older like that to to finally find that at a later time in life? And I I guess at that point, you're not so much worried about how you you look as much as, hey, you want to be as healthy as you can be. The answer is 100% yes. And regardless of age, I find that a lot of people end up needing to reestablish their new normal. They need to relearn food because there's two ends of the spectrum where sometimes people are like, I don't care. I'm going to just eat whatever. I'm going to, you know, do me. You only live once. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I have people who look at this as managed starvation. Neither is a sustainable solution. We need to be more aware of the chemical breakdown of food and how it affects our bodies. And you do not need to be a rocket scientist to understand this, but you do need to, you know, know what to look for on nutrition facts labels. You do need to know, okay, what nutrients does my body need? Because there's a gap. There's a gap between what you're currently eating and a gap between what your body functionally needs. When you close that gap, you're not hungry. You're not starving. You actually feel amazing. And having people realize that there's a gap there and once you close that, it's it's literally like you're seeing for the first time, as, as crazy as that sounds. Well, you know, Christine, I think what you're doing, and I know people that are listening to this are probably thinking the same way I am, you take the fear out of it. Because I think a lot yeah. of people, are fr- they're afraid of food, they're afraid mm-hmm. of exercise, not only do they not care for it, but then they're afraid, oh, I'm going to do too much and hurt myself, or I'm not doing enough, I'm not going to get any result. And you're looking at this practically, and boy, what, what a pleasure it is to approach a real problem and, and, and approach it like a scientist instead of, uh, you know, crazy than looking for this magic pill that I, I think in our lifetimes isn't going to come where you just take the pill and everything's fine. It, it's not, it, it doesn't exist. And I think a lot of people acknowledge that it doesn't. You know, this is not a fad. This is not a quick fix. 
This is giving you practical tools to truly understand yourself. It's a journey in self-discovery. This book isn't about, hey, this is the Christine way of doing things. No, this is, hey, why don't you read this, go through the quizzes, see where you fit. And a lot of people really appreciate feeling seen in a new way because, you know, some people think that it's them. They think it's their, their genetics. They think that they failed in some some terrible way that's like not repairable. But the reality is any diet that you failed on, you didn't fail. The diet failed you because it was not built for your macro type. I think it's a great opportunity for people to take a different approach. The book is called Unlock Your Macro Type. And Christine, where can we get it? Amazon, everywhere else? Yes, you guys can find it on Amazon, hardcover, ebook, audiobook, you know, Target, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, uh, BJ's Wholesale, everywhere books are sold. Perfect. And you're on YouTube, the channel. What do we look up to find your channel? Yes. You guys can look up Gauge Girl Training, G-A-U-G-E, Girl Training. I'm on Instagram, Gauge Girl Training, TikTok, Gauge Girl Training. You guys can check me out on GaugeGirlTraining.com. And finally, your website. Yes, um, GaugeGirlTraining.com, or you can also check out my supplements, GaugeLife.com. There you go. Okay, that's fantastic. All worth our time. Christine, thank you so much. I'd love to get you on again sometime. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and I would love to. Time now for another visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. One of the must-see sites on the Vegas Strip is the volcano at the Mirage. Well, the Mirage has been sold and the volcano is expected to be gone. Scott has all the details. Boy, are we going to miss the Mirage volcano, you know? I mean, the Mirage when that opened up was a really cool place i remember that now it's going to be gone it's going to be replaced by a guitar-shaped hotel what are your thoughts about that i mean you were on top of this before anybody else was naturally so uh you kind of (laughs) know this was going to happen so uh, what what are your thoughts yes well uh it was just a matter of time five years ago they were very close to selling mirage uh and it finally has come to pass. The Seminole Tribe, uh, Hard Rock International, has, has purchased it, uh, the operations anyway, and they have some big plans. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings. Of course, Mirage was really the first big mega resort, so it, has, it holds a special place in the hearts of, of Vegas fans. I think it was time that something be done to the Mirage. Uh, the, these outdoor attractions, uh, you know, people think of them very fondly, but they don't really do anything to drive any business for these casinos. So I, I think a giant guitar shaped hotel is an attraction all its own. Um, it, it's always sad to see kind of like the sirens of TI go away or, or the show in the sky at the Rio go away, but eventually you just get used to some new thing. And that's what Vegas does best is, is making shiny new things. A giant guitar shaped hotel will be eye-catching. There's already one in Florida, but ours will be even more special. And I I believe that there's going to be a new energy. This will be the first Native American tribe to own a resort on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, And I think that's a big deal because new blood, new energy, um, you're going to see them bringing, bringing in new things, new ideas. They're going to revamp all the rooms. As I said, um, they will probably get rid of the tigers and the dolphins, free the dolphins. <laughs> and, uh, so I think there's a lot of positive changes coming. There's, there's a, uh, petition to save the 
the volcano, but it hasn't even gotten 100 people to sign it. I think philosophically, emotionally, people would love to see the volcano stay. And I've actually seen a couple of potential placements of the new tower that would keep the volcano, but I think it's it's done for. It's going to be a different vibe. It's not going to be the kind of, you know, the theme uh, of the Mirage. I, there was actually a tiki bar they were they were looking at doing, and I think that's done too because that fits the old theme, not the new. But I think it's, you know, people that like rock and rock memorabilia and, you know, live entertainment, I think it's going to be a big shift. And, you know, the Mirage dream will be, will be there, and uh, MGM Resorts is going to keep that brand I've heard some rumblings. They might slap it on, on other uh, locations at some point. Uh, the Seminoles get to use Mirage for three years, but after that, it, it will revert back to MGM Resort. So Mirage may live. The volcano is likely to be extinguished. But Vegas is all about change and new. And what's new and shiny and big and pretty, and in this case, strummable, uh, <laughs> and I was hoping we would get that giant guitar-shaped hotel tower, and it looks like it's going to happen. Thanks, Scott. Make sure to visit Scott Robin every day at VitalVegas.com for the very latest in what's happening on the Las Vegas Strip and around the area. When you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. Go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rock and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go!